You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 22. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits, everyone. My name is Jesse Mogul, the 12-year freshman. It is an honor to have you back here listening to me once again. And we're going to dive right in because today's episode is all about how are you managing your time. Now, if you're a longtime listener to the show, and albeit we're only 22 episodes in, there is a pretty good catalog so far. And back at, I believe it was episode two, yes, episode two on May 9th, 2019, uh, my business partner, my brother's father-in-law, amazing family member, great man, Tom Rigsby came on and we discussed vision, priorities, and goals to really line you up and get you set up for not just this school year, but every school year that's going to come and your life in general, right? I mean, this is really a, a, a show disguised about life, but coming to you with the, with this college mentality because that's where we're finding you all at. And I love that because I remember looking back at my college years and thinking that the habits that I was creating then were going to be easily changed when I got to the working world if I wasn't happy with them. And that's not the way that it works, that the habits that you've been creating since middle school, and in some cases even elementary school when it comes to your studies and how you evolve and work within the education system here in America or wherever. I've got a ton of people in Europe and uh, Middle East and Asia listening to me. So you have your own school system, right? And so how have you begun to set up your habits from your primary into secondary and now into post education work, you know, where we're getting college degrees so that we can go off and get these amazing jobs. But the habits that we're going to have when we get there are going to be the ones that we have really solidified over the last four, six, eight years, however long you stay in college, 12 if you're me. And that's where how are you managing your time became the idea for today's show. It was actually a throwaway comment that happened today at work. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and she just goes, you know, she goes, I miss college. And she's been out of it for about eight years now. And I've been out of it since 2006. So I'm coming up on, uh, I just passed 13 years out of college. And I, I agreed. And my mom, she's like, I miss college. I'm like, me too. I was like, and if I could go back and do anything over again, I'd study more. And her response was, me too. And we were both good students. She was an A average student. I was a, I, I got a 3.0 by the time I graduated college. Um, doesn't mean that we don't wish we could go back and study more, which is just funny to say um, because back in college, I thought that socializing and partying and, and, and going and doing other things outside of actually studying were, that was my primary focus. And I thought that was what was important to me. And looking back at it now, I don't, they never say, oh, I really wish I'd have gone to Bob's birthday party on that Thursday. No, I don't look back and think that. Um, and th- instead, I think, boy, I wish I'd have put a little bit more effort in. And here's the thing, and I've said this in other episodes, that you're not going to graduate college 
and absolutely positively know everything you need for whatever job you're getting ready to take on. In fact, that's not really even the point of college. The point of college is to begin to uh, learn how to use your resources, uh, learn how to meet deadlines, and really follow the seven principles that I outlined in my upcoming book and that I, I outlined um, episode, I believe, 12 through 18. Yeah, let's going back, episode 11 was about my seven power principles, and then 12 through 18 was those principles. And that's really what college is about. It's about teaching you how to meet those deadlines, use your resources, and build strong habits that bring you positive results. I remember learning InDesign for journalism uh, back at the College of uh, Communications, Journalism Communications at UF in the Weimar Hall. And I, I would talk to people who were in the industry and they weren't even using InDesign anymore. But I was learning how to design. It was more important that I learned the function of white space and fonts and ugh, I hate fonts and, and other areas of designing. And then when I got to wherever I went, I would just learn that software, right? If you guys all know, once you've learned one iPhone, you've learned them all. Once you've learned one software, you've learned them all. The buttons are basically in the same spot. Go watch a quick 10 minute YouTube video and it's going to show you where everything is and you'll go from there. That's really what the real world, and I'm using air quotes here, the, the workplace is going to be like. You're going to learn whatever you need to learn there. The knowledge that you don't pick up in college, they're going to teach you. Every workplace has its own um, protocol. They have their own things they want their people to know. They're going to teach you that stuff. You're going to learn it from your other coworkers. Um, you know, if you're a photographer if you're in journalism, you're going to already know how techniques and composition and context and all that stuff work within a photo. You're going to learn what that particular publication prefers their photos to look like for when they go to publish them. You'll learn that from them. All the jobs you'll get, you will learn what they desire when you get there. Even if you're a computer programmer, no doubt there are certain ways that they prefer programming. I remember watching a show called um, Silicon Valley on HBO, and something about whether they used tabs or enter when they wrote code, and it was a really big deal that they were either one or the other. And I remember thinking, that seems like such a mundane thing to care about but it's something that mattered to the owner of the company. And so you'll learn that stuff. So don't get so absorbed by making sure that you know everything you possibly can um, before you graduate, because you just won't, first of all. And you're going to get somewhere and realize that they wanted you to focus on something completely different than what school had you focus on. It's just giving you a breadth of knowledge so that you can feel comfortable going out into the workspace having you know that 70 or 80 percent of the knowledge that they need you to have and they'll teach you the other 20 to 30 percent and so this goes back to her throwaway comment of why you know I, I miss college i said i do too and we both agreed that we wish we would have studied more and i know for those of you that are there you're like whatever dude you stayed in college for 12 years you parted your ass off you had a great time and i did and i used my seven power principles whenever I wanted to buckle down and actually get the, the A's and B's that I desired, right? One of my um, business partners the other day said, C's get degrees. And he's right. You know you know what you call a C student in medical school? You call him a doctor, right? Does that mean that that's who you want? It just depends. I mean, you know, they get out into the work world and all of a sudden they flip a switch and, you know, they're on it and they're always diagnosing the right way, giving the right medications over the A doctor who thinks he's always right and doesn't want to be, doesn't want you bringing any of your own research in, doesn't want you trying to give him different answers to what your body feels, right? It, it's, there's an ego thing there too. So 
before I digress too much deeper into these random examples that I'm giving you, let's get into how you're managing your time because right now you're managing it by listening to me. And I appreciate that. I honor that. And we're going to get you out of here quick on this episode because this one is one of my favorites. When Tom Rigsby came on, he talked about his P4F strategy. And that means that each day you get one priority and four focuses for that day so that you can go to bed having won that day. Um, There is the philosophy that 80% of your results come from 20% of the effort. So when you lay out, and you're going to see in the show notes, but if you're listening to this and you've got a pad of paper next to you, write the word priority on one line and then the word focus four times below it. So you've got priority and then focus, 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 focus um, underneath it, right? So this is this is really not re- – this isn't really – I shouldn't even use that, that uh, adjective. This is how I operate each and every one of my days. This is how I have two – very successful podcast. This is how I wrote my book, how I built my three websites for my business, how I get my LinkedIn and my Facebook and my Instagram marketing and my strategies. And every single thing I do gets run through this priority for focuses list. And I highly recommend that you do this over having a to-do list, 27 things long, and then not getting all of them done. And then going to bed thinking, oh man, I just didn't work hard enough. Look at all these things I didn't accomplish. In many cases, you were just putting things on there that you knew you wanted to get done, but that may have been better for Wednesday, and today's Monday. So write out those things that you want to do and start laying them out in this priority for focuses context so that you can really start mastering each and every one of your days. So look at your syllabus. Look at what you have going on when it comes to your weekly schedule as far as your studying and your reading and your assignments. And this is going to take some forethought because, or some foresight, mind you, because you're really going to want to start laying out the, your calendar based on when you have these big assignments due so that each day or every other day or twice a week, you're actually getting something accomplished so that you don't come to three days before the term papers due and all of a sudden you're trying to cram in all of that work into this tiny little window. So when you look at your syllabus and you think, okay, you know, I've got a test on Thursday, right? Today's Monday, and you've got four chapters still to read. You know, you could make your focus one of those chapters each day, and then you've read all the chapters by the time the test comes Thursday afternoon. But if 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort, then that priority is what should be the one that moves the needle, the ones that makes things happen. I mean, you think about it, you've got five things on this list. If each one of them were 20% of effort, but one of them is going to give you 80% of the results, then that's the priority. It, it really is that simple. And when I teach this to my clients and I teach this on stage, a lot of people, they want to overcomplicate it, and I get it. If you've ever read a time management book, if you've Googled time management and come up with some of these blogs, the amount of things that people try to put in your way from you accomplishing your goals because they think that it's, oh, this is going to really help somebody manage, you know, manage their time better. You know, you've heard of SMART goals. Uh, let's see, uh, SMART, it stands for, uh, I forget the S. We've got measurable, attainable, trackable. See, I've even dropped it. And I've actually, like, written a blog about this. 
long time ago. Don't try to go search for it. The website crumbled a while back ago. It's an acronym that specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely, right? And that's totally true. You want your goals to be specific, achievable, timely, measurable, and realistic. If your if one of your goals is to become a Super Bowl winning quarterback and you're a 43 year old dude who's never played organized football, that's not achievable. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's definitely not realistic, okay, at all. All right, but assuming that most of your goals in college are going to be built around the classes that you've decided to take, then it won't be too hard to come up with a specific goal for that paper or a specific goal for that class, measurable, certainly, you know, because that semester is going to be moving forward. You're going to know if you're getting more and more work done on that term paper. And take this out to the real world. If you happen to be listening to this and you're in the workforce, you know, and I live in Hollywood, so if you're if your job is editing a t- television show, you think about it, it doesn't matter what you know what the end product needs to be, an edited show. So if it's measurable and you've got 30 minutes to edit, every day you need to edit six minutes and by Friday you've finished the show, right? Achievable. Certainly is. You're in college. If it's being assigned by a professor in a class, it is achievable. They're not ridiculous. As much as you might think they are, they're not giving you things that are not achievable. Uh, realistic is right. Of course, it's realistic. Playing football for the Chicago Bears is not realistic for me. Uh, being able to put out a podcast every single week about college success habits, absolutely. And then timely, of course. You know, you, you've got to understand the time. So now let's move this back to the, our priority four focuses. And it's, it's pretty obvious that if again, if each one of these priority focus, 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 focus is twenty percent, and all told, that's a hundred percent of your day. The priority is the one that moves 80% of your results. I can't. I could give you infinite amounts of examples that your brain is already moving on it. The moment I said, what is your priority for the day so that you move forward on a particular class or that just that day in general, your brain already started figuring it out. Oh, well, Jesse, I've got three tests coming up on Friday, and it's Tuesday. Well, probably one should have started studying well before this podcast came out. <laughs> but two, you'll be able to start, and you need to prioritize which test in what order you want to study. Which one are you better at? Which one have you already done more reading at? Which one are you more learned in so that you can put less effort into that and you can focus on the, on the areas that, you, that are more difficult? I was always really great with the creative classes in history and English, not so great in things like math and science. So I would put more of my effort into the math and science, knowing full well that I would do pretty good in the history, English, and the creative ones, right? One of these items produces 80% of the results. You need to figure that out. So write down on a piece of paper, priority, focus, 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 and start labeling out what's going to happen. I will tell you one of the things that I get a lot of feedback on the moment people take this on is that it seems too simple, and that's the point. I think too many of these books overcomplicate things so that they can write a 125-page book on something that amass- that comes down to like a six-minute video or a one-page PDF. Figuring out how you're going to make your habits positive is exactly what I talk about in this show. Figuring out how you're going to manage your time so that you feel successful 
in your classes, but you can also go to work and have extracurricular activities and socialize with your friends. I, mean, I remember the dorms, it's like as soon as dinner time came and you went down to the cafeteria, then everyone was hanging out in the study spaces and there was TV shows and movie nights and there was a lot of really cool stuff going on. I didn't enjoy what the dorms offered as much as I should have. I went Greek life because I wanted to party and immediately started hanging out over there. You know, as soon as the freshman year was done, I immediately moved, you know, uh, into my buddy's house, one of my frat bros' house for the summer and then got my own apartment. And then I was in the fraternity house my junior year and I flunked out of college at the end of my junior year. Actually, they didn't kick me out as much as I offered to leave. (laughs) You know, it was when I got to Orlando and moved back in with my dad and my sister that I really started to harness what it was like to, I mean, I got really great grades at Ball State. It was just that my last semester, I decided to stop attending class because I was just over it, and no one told me not to. No one was paying attention to me, and you get you know four Ds, and the university's like, okay, you clearly don't care, and I wasn't willing to argue the point otherwise. You are in such an enviable position because you're wiser than that. You have so many resources at your disposal to help make sure that you are successful in college. And I'm going to wrap up on this because I said it at the beginning. College is about learning how to use your resources and meeting deadlines. This is exactly what the working world wants you to know how to do. It wants you to have common sense. You need to have some street smarts. My power principles, obviously, you know, I think that they're important because when you're, you know, it's all about a growth mindset. So when you're open-minded, you're courageous, be decisive, be action-oriented, be disciplined, be flexible, be tenacious, Right? These are things that if you embody them, that when you get out into the work world and you're in front of a, a job app and you're interviewing, you're going to sound more prepared than somebody who's just rattling off a resume of a bunch of – who went off and did all these things in college, but it was just resume fillers. right? But what did they really walk out of there with? What kind of leadership skills? What kind of time management skills? How tenacious are they? How much self-awareness of their strengths and their weaknesses do they have? I will tell you this right now. If you ever sit in front of a job interviewer and you tell them that, and they ask you what your number one weakness is, and you tell them that your perfectionism, being somebody who has interviewed thousands of people for different various jobs, I will tell you that is a red flag. That is a lack of self-awareness. Perfectionism and procrastination are best friends with fear. They are the children of fear, is what I've said in other shows. Telling people that you're a perfectionist does not tell them that you are detail-oriented and hardworking. Telling somebody that you're detail-oriented and hardworking is what you're wanting to say. Perfectionism, you can sit there and tinker with it all day long. And frankly, if you're doing this priority for focuses thing, there's no way, there's no room for perfectionism. Because another day is coming right behind this one. Make it your priority to do the best possible. Turn it in. Find out what you could have done better. Find out what you did really well. And then apply that to the next assignment. Write down priority. Write down focus, 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 focus on a piece of paper. And and if you think, oh, Jesse, I've got way more priorities and focuses on any given day than that. Okay, fine. like, Like Tom Rigsby told me. I will tell you the same thing. Fine. Then have a priority and four focuses for the morning and have a priority and four focuses for the evening. But get those get the priority 
and the four focuses done in the morning, completely done. If you can get all five of those things off of your list, then you can move on to the next. I'll say this, just don't waste time making one of these for every little thing that you do during the day. If you're making a priority in four focuses for your first, for your first hour that you're awake, it's going to involve getting up, taking a shower, getting cleaned up, having breakfast, you know, doing yoga, meditation, workout, whatever it is. And then now you're on to your next P4F. That, that is no, that that's don't overcomplicate this, right? If you're, if, if you're a normal school day, the priority could be to, given that you're, you already know you're going to attend classes, right? But if you've got three classes that day, then your fo- then three of your focus could be to attend those three classes and take really good notes. The fourth focus could be to go to the gym, and the priority for the day would be to work for an hour and a half on your term paper that's due in a month. All right, like you're going to figure out how to use this best for you. I'm just providing you the opportunity to hear it. I highly recommend that you stop making a to-do list that's 27 items long. It it can look overwhelming, and it can you want to be what I was getting ready to say. It, it can be detrimental to your brain's positivity. And what I mean by that is, you want to feel like you're winning at the game of life and at college. And if you're consistently putting 27 items on a to-do list and only getting 17 of them done then your brain sees that what you put on a to-do list doesn't get done. It doesn't always get done the day that it's put on the list. And therefore, it doesn't feel like it's winning even though it just accomplished 17 things because it, all it sees is that it missed those 10. It's like a quarterback. You could go, 10, you could go 17 for 27, right? But if, you're, it's like, if your brain thinks, oh, but I missed those 10, yeah. But those 10 were you needed to throw the ball away or you got sacked. But, the, but those 17 completions that you had, four of them were touchdowns. So maybe you should have only have attempted 17 passes. But without those other ones, you wouldn't even have known what you shouldn't have done. So that became a tongue twister. I will Let me simplify it. At first, when you go to do this, you're going to inherently overcomplicate it. And you're going to want to put more things on the list. Go ahead and, and, and do that if you must. And then start seeing how you're not getting the positive feedback that you wanted. My football analogy started to fall apart because all of a sudden I realized that, you know, those 27 attempts came throughout the game and some of those you needed to have in order for the other ones to be successful. So scratch that football analogy. (laughs) I tried. I tried. Uh, Football is on television right now and I turned it off to shoot this podcast. I think I have football on the brain. Most importantly, it's realizing that by putting 27 things on your to-do list, or even 7, or even 17, that it doesn't mean that you're going to accomplish all those things. And if 80% of your effort comes from just 20% of your work, or 80% of the results comes from 20% of the effort, something on that to-do list is going to move the needle so amazingly well today that you are definitely going to go to bed feeling like you won. And that's what I want you guys to have, is that feeling that you won the day. Because there are going to be a lot of days that are going to get away from you, right? You're going to end up reacting rather than acting. You know, I always say that reaction is a a place where life starts to happen to you. Responding to the day is where you're in control. A a test pops up. um, Your work shift gets canceled. You get called into work. If you're prepared for that, then that's responding. But if you're reacting to it, 
then you are just letting life control you. Your tire blows out on your car. You're reacting to that if you don't have a spare that's aired up and ready to go. You don't got some extra water in your car if it's hot while you're working on the tire or waiting for AA. If you don't have AAA, then all of a sudden you're reacting to that blown tire. But if you're prepared with air in your spare, with a AAA card and extra water to keep you hydrated while you wait in the hot sun, then you're responding. This priority for focuses is meant to prepare you to respond to your day, not react. Figure out what is the main priority that will move the needle forward in your day and put that at the priority and make sure that gets done no matter what. The other focuses become what you do throughout the day while you're waiting to get to the priority. And in some cases, those focuses might start to grow stale after a day, two, or three, then they become the priority. You should not be repeating the same focus over and over and over and over again because you need to get it off your list and you need to move on to the next amazing thing. If you already know you're going to go to the gym from 1 o'clock to 2.30 and that's so habituated and programmed in, then you don't need to put it on the list. But if you're just starting out a, a new workout program and you think that you might skip it just because you're not in the mood, then you might need to make that the priority. You might need to make that the focus. It seems like I'm getting to the best part right at the very end, and some of you may not have made it here, <laughs> but those who have, take this right now. Once you've habituated something to the point where there is no chance that you will miss it, that you won't do it, it doesn't need to be on the list anymore because you already know what's going to happen. For me, I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 1 to 3. You might study every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 1 to 3, come hell or high water. Right, So you don't even need to put the, your focus down to make sure you go study because you already know you will. Now you might need to make sure you're focusing and prioritizing the right things in that study session. And th that certainly could be where you could build your own little tiny P4F just for that two-hour study session block if there's five things you can actually get done. So try this out. I'll revisit it in about two or three months and jump back in and we'll see what you guys think. All right. As always, if you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed, please do that. People love to know that I am listened to. Um, I did recently break 75 countries, which is blowing my mind because I did not expect to have such an international um, impact. I did not expect such an international audience. Um, obviously, the United States is where I'm the biggest, but uh, certainly I have started to stretch. So um, iTunes is clearly popular in other countries, too. Um, as always, be kind to one another, be inclusive, priority, four focuses, write them on a piece of paper, figure out what will you get 80% of the results from, and do that today. Take care and see you soon. Bye-bye.